0: Welcome to Central Coast Voices, a program addressing the ramifications of change in our communities and beyond, and how today's choices will impact tomorrow's community. This program is a project of Action for Healthy Communities, and it's provided in collaboration with KCBX and the Community Foundation of St. Louis, Vispo County. Today, our host is Lada Murdy, and our program is recorded today, but we do invite you to send any follow up questions that you might have for, from this conversation uh, to voices at kcbx.org. And now let's join Lotta Murdy and her guests. Over to you, Lotta.
1: Thank you, Brad. The month of March is Women's History Month and several organizations are making sure to recognize women of color, as well as youth concerns about gender, the economy, and gender equity on California's Central Coast. These organizations include San Luis Obispo County's Women of Color Network and Lompoc Public Library. And here today to talk about both organizations are Rita Casaverde, Executive Director of the Diversity Coalition of San Luis Obispo County and Co Lead Organizer of the County's Women of Color Network, Joy Peterson, Dean of Students at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Chair of Coalition Building for Diversity Coalition of San Luis Obispo County and co-lead organizer of the county's Women of Color Network. And Rachel Frasian, Youth Services Librarian and Bookmobile Manager at Lompoc Public Library. Welcome, Rita, Joy, and Rachel. I would like to spend the first half of the show talking to Joy and Greta about San Luis Obispo County's Women of Color Network, and then the second half talking to Rachel about Lompoc Public Library and its upcoming All About Youth Lompoc Listening Sessions. So Joy, I'd like to start with you and the history of the Women of Color Network in San Luis Obispo County. Can you tell us how the idea for a women of color network in San Luis Obispo County came
2: about? Absolutely, thank you so much for having us on the show. Uh, As you know, we have a women of color symposium happening on Friday, March 1st at the Monday Club in San Luis Obispo and it's a kickoff to Women's History Month and I, I would love to tell the origin story of that as well. And the network really came about Uh, organically as a way of getting input and feedback for what attendees would like to see at that symposium. And it started probably around last fall with a group of eight uh, women at my house just talking about what it would be like to gather, celebrate, inspire, and motivate other women of color um, at the symposium. And we got lots of great feedback from that event and it's grown to about 40 other um, women of color who make up the network. And um, we're really looking forward to the symposium and have put a lot of thought and intentionality around the program.
1: So this was just fall 2023. Correct. Right. started, so it's been about
2: six months. Yeah, we've grown and we're continuing to grow and we, we welcome additional voices. Rita, how did you get involved?
3: Uh, Well, Joy uh, told me about this vision that she had about bringing women of color um, at an event, um, a symposium, and um, Joy really had this idea of talking about very interesting topics that relate to women of color, and um, I thought it was amazing. I, I supported it from the very beginning um but like but sadly we just couldn't get and joy maybe can can talk a little bit more about this we couldn't get the right either organization or funding opportunity to to make this happen and then we thought look diversity coalition aligns very much with your vision and joy joined as a board member last year um, and so we are we, we were happy to take it on. And that's how I got involved. Um, and that's how Diversity Coalition has been supporting this effort of uh, first putting a women of color symposium, like Joy mentioned, this March 1st. Uh, and then we thought, let's just get input from the community, from women and, and, and let's find out what topics they want to talk about at this symposium. That's how the network was formed very organically, like Joy mentioned. Um, And it's, it's just been amazing to see the type of input. The symposium idea has uh, changed slightly from that feedback, but I think it has become more intentional and uh, more fitting to the needs of women of color in Slough County.
1: So Joy, did you want to talk a little bit more about the struggle that Rita mentioned to get uh,
2: support in the beginning? Sure. So this is an event that's never happened here on the Central Coast before. Um, I grew up here and um, have have navigated primarily white spaces my entire life. And uh, last March, during Women's History Month, I was sort of reflecting on um, what I would have liked to have had as a young professional, as a new mother, as um, a student, and throughout the different chapters of my life, And I also happen to be reading a book called Inclusion on Purpose um, with a book club. And the the whole premise of the book is that when we center the most marginalized people in our community, women of color or people who have um, multiple marginalized identities, then we are able to be most inclusive. And that really benefits all um, folks who are marginalized as well as the majority. And so those two things kind of came together um, at the same time and sparked this idea to bring people together, women of color together, to celebrate and inspire and motivate and raise awareness around some of the unique challenges that we face in the community. Um, And I'd love, love to share a couple of statistics from that research just to give folks an idea of why it's important. Um, So a 2018 study from Payscale found that women of color are 19% less likely to receive a raise when they ask for one compared to white men. And in addition, while women earn about 82 cents for every dollar that men earn, uh, Hispanic or Latina women earn about 58 cents per dollar and black women earn 63 cents per dollar Um, for every dollar that white men earn. So there are still significant pay equity gaps. Um, In addition, when women of color um, do receive a a significant salary, they're more likely to give back to their communities at higher rates than other demographics. So um, this is a group of community members who are really the foundation of our communities wanting to give back, wanting to contribute, and when we lift them up, um, we're able to lift up whole communities.
1: So you mentioned some pretty large pay equity gaps there for women of color. Is that going to be addressed at the Women of Color Symposium? Is that part of um, what the symposium is going
2: to be about on March 1st? We do wanna raise awareness around um, equity gaps in, in many different areas, um, but the focus is really to celebrate and embrace women of color and um, validate them in their experiences. We do have several keynote speakers who are gonna talk about the importance and the challenges, um, but we also have some time built in for headshots and for music and for networking. Um, so we will talk about some of the disparities and challenges, but we also want to focus on the strengths and the um, the creativity that, that these women bring to their communities.
1: So Rita, you had mentioned earlier how the symposium vision had changed in response to feedback from the Women of Color Network. Can you talk some more about those changes and the feedback?
3: yeah i think uh some of the data that joy was sharing i think was very uh, centric at the beginning of our planning um and then when we decided to bring in women of color um to just provide feedback and how the network was formed really um it became a lot more clear that women of color wanted to not only meet other women of color but really wanted to know what businesses are out there that are owned and founded and supported by women of color Uh, what kind of services they can use. Uh, They also wanted just some time for resting, some time for um, enjoying themselves. Um, And so they really, the vision kind of stay the same of bringing women of color together, uh, but the format of the, um, of the day of the symposium changed slightly um, so now we're going to have uh, some panels but we also know that women of color at least from our network one want, wanted to make it interactive and don't just want to sit there and continue listening and being you know told all these things that we are told in all of these events about minorities, they really want to just engage. And so we're uh, building in some interactiveness to the event, uh, an interactive workshop led by the amazing Dr. Lata Latamorti. <laughs> and um, we're also going to have a uh, space for them to just find those similarities because or women of color in our region is very diverse. Um, And there are things that within our Women of Color Symposium, um, we are building in so they can find those similarities and maybe continue to connect even further.
1: So let's talk more about why region is important because Joy mentioned that as well, growing up in this area. So why Slo County in particular? Why is that the location that the network is focusing on and that the event will be held in?
2: Mm, I it a bit. Yeah, we originally um, were looking for some funding that was specific to the city of SLO. And uh, during that time, I identified the Monday Club as a potential location for the event. Um, the Monday Club, Club has a rich history of being founded by women for women, and we will have a representative there to also share some of that history uh, with the participants. It's centrally located. We recognize that um, it is more difficult for people in North and South County sometimes to, to get to slow, but um, we're hoping that this location point will be accessible um, to both regions and have intentionally reached out to, to folks um, in all parts of the county to let them know that we definitely value their partici- participation and want to see them there. Yeah.
3: And if I could add, I mean, from working from Diversity Coalition and other organizations in the county that uh, focus on minority communities, like on Support, like the Uplift Coalition, et cetera, um, we are really identifying that there is somewhat of an island being built here in SLO County kind of by design on why these kind of topics have not been um, talked about as much um, before. But really, I think there's... Um, overall um, discovery of new language that allows us to identify our common struggles as people of color, women of color that have now given us the kind of that wake up call of like, hey, now we have a little bit more of language, can we just get together and And talk about it, Um, but really because diversity coalition is taking it on um, as a project um, as a program um, that's why it's located here, but really we're. We're very, very lucky to hear um, in excitement coming from outside the county and getting people to come from um, Santa Barbara County, for example, some of our panelists are from Santa Barbara County. So we're really excited to see how this symposium grows year by year, because we are planning to not only have it this year, but continue having it every year.
1: Great. So speaking of language, which you mentioned, what does it mean to be a woman of color for those listeners who may not be familiar with the term or uh, haven't really used it themselves,
3: I love joy to share. <laughs>
2: sure. Well, we all have many parts of our identity. Um, you know, gender and race and ethnicity being um, just a part of uh, of the many parts that make up who we are. So, um, so women of color. You know, we've opened it to all female identified folks. And um, being a person of color or BIPOC sometimes um, is a term that we've been using, I think, more recently since um, 2020, but uh, refers to Black, Indigenous, or other people of color, and uh, and I think that is really open to people's own interpretation. I I identify as mixed, so my mom's Asian and my dad's white, and um, you know when you think about the experience of of white Americans. Um, being the majority, uh, I think most people of color would identify with some aspect of a minority racial identity as the definition.
1: I'm Lada Murti with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, your Central Coast listener-supported radio station. My guests today are Joy Peterson, Dean of Students at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, Chair of Coalition Building for Diversity Coalition of San Luis Obispo County and Co-Lead Organizer of the County's Women of Color Network. Also with me today is Rita Casaverde, Executive Director of Diversity Coalition of San Luis Obispo County and Co-Lead Organizer of the County's Women of Color Network. And Rachel Frasian is also here today. She is the Youth Services Librarian and Bookmobile Manager at Lompoc Public Library. And we are spending the first half of today's show talking to Joy and Rita about San Luis Obispo County's Women of Color Network started in fall 2023. So how can someone join this network if they're interested or how can they go to the symposium?
2: you can reach us through the diversity coalition um, either the website or our instagram and we also have a ticketing and registration website that is betterunite.com slash diversity coalition dash woc yeah you can access the link
3: uh, for the tickets through our website diversityslow.org.
1: Wonderful. How many people are you expecting at the event? We're hoping to
2: have 100 participants. And all women of color. Yes, that's our primary audience. This is an a event for women of color by women of color. And all of our vendors, our photographer, our caterer, um, this panelists identify as women of color. So has this ever happened before in SLO County? I don't think so. I think this is is a historic moment. And I'm really excited to be able to create this space um, for our community. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it unfolds and what the future holds for this community. I am too.
1: And can you say more about what's planned for the day? Sure. We a little
2: bit about it earlier? Yeah, so the event starts um, at 8.30. And our first speaker, our keynote speaker is Denise Isom from the Office of University Diversity and Inclusion at Cal Poly. Um, We have a business panel that's moderated by Charlene Rosales uh, from the Chamber of Commerce and a Women on Boards panel that's moderated by Dr. Consuelo Mew. Um, After lunch, we have a movement workshop and a workshop on rewriting, rewriting our stories, which um, Rita mentioned, and our closing speaker is Lisa Kawamura, uh, also from Cal Poly.
1: Wonderful. Sounds like a great lineup. And who are some of the sponsors of this event or the funders?
2: We have been fortunate to receive sponsorship from the Monday Club, um, who's who's offered uh, in kind donation to allow us to use their space. Um, also, the City of San Luis Obispo has provided us with the marketing grant and um, other sponsors include AAUW, um, the Commission for Women and Girls, and also some private um, community members.
1: Wonderful. Rita, did you have something to add?
3: No, we're just really, really thankful for the community support. Um it's the first time that this symposium is happening. So we're really excited to see the community. Sometimes, you know, we are sending sponsorship requests and people are some people are telling us, look, I can support financially, but I have this in-kind donation, and all of those are welcome as well because we're really trying to build a nice day for women of color, celebrating them and centering them. So thank you to the community uh, support and yeah.
1: What kind of in-kind donations have you received or are you seeking?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah,
2: we- so, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. <laughs> ahead Jay, we, we are both really anxious to answer this question. <laughs> um, I mean, we would we're looking for flowers, decorations, furniture for the stage. I mean, we're really doing this on a shoestring budget. Um, And we're trying to make it as affordable as possible for the participants. So um, if folks are interested in sponsoring, I encourage you to go to the website, go to the registration website and there's all different levels of sponsorships. Um, Many of the sponsorship levels include tickets for participants and those can either be um, used by our sponsors or donated back to be given out as scholarships. Um, Yeah, we're looking for food, Uh, We do have an excellent caterer, Gumbo Girl, is going to be providing breakfast and lunch. Um, But we also have a networking event uh, after, a networking opportunity after uh, the program. And so we welcome many different in-kind donations.
3: Yeah, and when actually during our networking time, we are partnering with At Her Table. They also have a festival happening on Women's History Month. Um, and they are, thanks to them, we're having a wine lounge that is being led by and curated by a, a black woman who um, puts these type of events together all the time. And that's Noir um, Wine Lounge. And so we are really, really excited to see um, just one of color coming together and offering their services. And uh, we're just looking forward to the connections that are going to be happening that day.
1: So tell us again where listeners can go to find out more. So everyone can go
3: to diversityslow.org and you will find their uh, link to our registration page where you can uh, register yourself, where you can share with your contacts. If you know a woman of color that's just like a badass that you think should connect to this network, uh, send them over, uh, send that link over to them. Um, You can also find the sponsorship levels there and our contact information.
1: And you're on social media as well, correct?
3: Yeah, we are on Instagram. We uh, you can find us as women of Color Symposium. Uh, our handle is uh, at WOC Symposium. W O C Symposium, and we have information there about our panelists. We're uh, sharing information about our sponsors, uh, about the wine lounge. Um, so yeah.
1: So Joy, Rita, what are each of you looking forward to most? with the symposium.
2: I'm definitely looking forward to being in a room with a hundred other women of color who care deeply about supporting each other and building community and being the best version of ourselves. And that doesn't happen very often in San Luis Obispo. Um, I'm sure there's some folks out there who are wondering, why do you need this space? Why do you need to have this event? And um, you know, I just go back to you know, what I was mentioning earlier about this book, Inclusion on Purpose. We have to intentionally create these spaces because they don't organically exist right now um, in our community. And so it's, a, it's an opportunity to, um, to be in community, as I, as I said, with, with a group of folks that we don't always get to interact with. Um because this is a predominantly white community and most of our, the places where we shop, where we gather, where we worship, where we um go to be in a service club um don't look and and feel representative all the time for uh for these folks
3: yeah, I'm actually originally from Peru, and I just came back from a month and a half trip and, It really is a difference when you step into spaces like every single day and you're not the majority. It really has an impact on you. And I think um, for anyone who is used to going into spaces where they're part of the majority, probably doesn't make that much sense to do like a very targeted, specific event. But when you don't have that feeling um, on an everyday basis, then you really understand the importance of getting to know your people. And as part of the Women of Color Network, we've heard some stories from, you know, women who just moved to the area like five months ago or two years ago, and then they come to the Women of Color Network meetings that we have, and they just feel like they belong. They feel like they find community. And it's it's very cool to see also the different generations um, seeing uh, just out of Cal Poly women who are part of our network, who. We'll have a way different experience than um, the rest of us who had, you know, had to live in majority white spaces with no community for a long time. Um, and just to think that they will have a different experience than us, it is just, it's just really impactful. Makes it all worth it.
1: And do you see that community going beyond the event? And if so how, what's the larger change or impact that an event like this might have on the Central Coast?
2: Yeah, I definitely see the network continuing. Like Rita said, we wanna offer the symposium again in the future. And we never know the full impact. I mean, I've I've worked at Cal Poly for 20 years and I still have people coming up to me and sharing things that um, both positive and negative, right? That, um, that they experienced in this community 18, 19 years ago. And you know, one word, one speaker, one book, one relationship could change the tra- trajectory of someone's life. Uh, and hopefully that this will be in a positive way, that this symposium will spark ideas, will spark confidence, um, will maybe introduce someone to someone new that's going to help them, again, be their best version of themselves and uh, and I also feel really confident that overall, this event is going to result in us uh, in strengthening our community as a whole. Um, because again, when you lift up women of color, you're lifting up whole communities.
1: Very good, Rita. Did you want to add to that? No, I think Joyce said it really well. <laughs> so the symposium will not be a one-time thing. Um, you are. Planning to do it annually? Is that the plan?
3: Yeah, I think that's the goal right now is to have it um, every March. Um, so if someone is listening to this and you know maybe hopefully we're out of the kids as when you listen to this or you are interested in, in being sponsored but just can't get to it this year, don't worry, we're gonna do it again next year, um, and we're really really looking forward to seeing how this grows, this symposium grows. Um, we as Diversity Coalition have all the programs that have that are happening first time in in the history of, of the county. And um, the impact after the those those type of programs or events are really obvious. Uh, but you just don't know until we get into that room and we are surrounded by amazing women of color that are inspiring that are such uh, contributors to our economy, to our um, society. So yeah, we're really looking forward to it. So we invite anyone that is listening to join us this March 1st, but be on the lookout to join our Women of Color um, after March 1st as well and join us next year.
1: And before we take a short
2: break, what do you see as the future of the Women of Color Network? That is to be determined. (laughs) We have been so focused on the symposium. I'm confident that we will continue to meet and gather and grow. Um, But where that will be um, might largely depend on how big the group becomes and also collectively um, what the goals of the group end up being. So um, stay tuned on that one.
3: Yeah, everything has happened so in such a collaborative way so far that it's really hard for I think any of us to really say what what is going to happen, because it's it's going to be what we make of it.
1: And organic. Yeah. Right. As it started. Thank you so much, Joy and Rita. We are going to take a short break to hear from our studio. Over to you, Brad.
0: And thank you. We will return to Central Coast Voices in just a moment. I'm Brad Kyle with this item from KCBX. The Live Oak Music Festival is happening June 14th through the 16th at Choro Regional Park in San Luis Obispo. And tickets are on sale now at early bird prices. It's your chance to get tickets at a discount for three days of great music, camping, and fun. Learn more at liveoakfest.org and we will see you there. And the KCBX Community Calendar features arts, entertainment, and nonprofit events in San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Southern Monterey counties. You could submit your item or event to be shared. You will find it right there on the calendar page at kcbx.org. Now, let's return to Central Coast Voices and your host, Lotta Murphy uh, and her guests. Over to you, Lotta.
1: Central Coast Voices. I have been talking to guests Rita Casaverde, Executive Director of Diversity Coalition of San Luis Obispo County, and co lead organizer of the county's Women of Color Network. I've also been talking to Joy Peterson, Dean of Students at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, Chair of Coalition Building for Diversity Coalition of San Luis Obispo County, and co-lead organizer of the county's Women of Color Network. And we have been talking about San Luis Obispo County's Women of Color Network and its upcoming Women of Color Symposium on March 1st, which you can find out more details about on Slope County Diversity Coalition's website, as well as on Instagram. And now we are going to turn our attention to Lompoc Public Library's Youth Services Librarian and Bookmobile Manager, Rachel Frasian, who is going to talk about the library's upcoming youth-centered event, All About Youth Lompoc. Rachel, thank you for being here today. I wonder if you could first tell us what youth services at Lompoc Public Library entails.
4: Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much, Lata, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Um, So what we do at the Lompoc Public Library in Youth Services is that we try to look at the community, listen to the community, and see what it is that they want. And then we try to respond uh, by assessing community needs and responding with those programs and services. One of the ways that we do this is by creating partnerships um, with community experts and organizations. And because the library has a dedicated community space and funding, um, it's something that really allows us to be able to provide a space for a lot of these organizations that offer such great services.
1: And so, what's your role in this as the youth services librarian?
4: Um, I wear a couple of different hats um, because I'm a youth services librarian and the bookmobile manager. So, that means my job encompasses youth services, outreach, and overseeing the library's bookmobile program. And I do all three of these through a youth services lens. Um, One of the ways that I serve youth in Lompoc um, is through the Bookmobile program. Um, And we go to after school programs um, at local elementary schools. We also go to local homeless shelters. We go to public housing. We go basically anywhere where people may be too far from the library, or maybe they don't have the resources to get to the library. Um, And then we try to make sure that the books on the bookmobile are something that, you know, the families and the children that we serve want to read.
1: So tell us more about (laughs) the bookmobile, because it has a special name and history, doesn't it?
4: It does. Um, It's the Charlotte's Web um, Mobile Children's Library, um, and it was dedicated to Charlotte Benton. She was the first female mayor of Lompoc, Um, and when she passed away, she left her estate to the library to create a children's library. Um, and that's why the bookmobile is called the Charlotte's Web Bookmobile. It's for the book, but it's also for Charlotte Benton.
1: And when was that, that she was oh. mayor and this happened?
4: Um, she was mayor um, in the late 80s, early 90s, um, and she passed away in the early 2000s. And the bookmobile was started in March of 2016.
1: So going back to the youth services, what do you find are The library services that young people in Lompoc are asking for the most.
4: Um, One of the biggest things, of course, is access to information, which is what we we do. Um, They want to have a place where they can use their Wi-Fi. They want a place that is comfortable, um, especially for the teens. They need to have their own space. We do have a lot of programs for teens, um, including art programs. Um, we have a Lompoc Teen uh, Teen Advisory Board, which is called TAB, um, and we also have a teen volunteer program where teens can come in and they can work with me on the bookmobile or they could work with folks at the library. Um, we try to give them a variety of things to do to try things out.
1: And how long have you been the Youth Services Librarian at Lompoc Public Library?
4: Um, I've been the Youth Services Librarian for a little over six years. And um, I came from Los Angeles. Um, I had been working in Los Angeles as a librarian. um, And I was looking for, you know, somewhere else to go. I wanted to go to a community that I could work with directly. I wanted to go to a smaller community um, in something rural. So I looked for about a year and a half. And I found the Lompoc uh, job posting. Um, I didn't know very much about Lompoc. The only thing I really knew about Lompoc was the prison. Um, so I did some research, found out a little bit more, and then I drove up for my very first interview. And as soon as I drove into Lompoc, I loved it. And I was like, this is where I have to be. Uh, luckily I got the job. And so it's been a little over six years later.
1: Wonderful. So as I'm sure you're aware, and maybe some of our listeners are aware too, recently national media has reported an increased (laughs) use of libraries and library services throughout the U.S., among young people in Generation Z. Do you find this to be the case at Lampo Public Library?
4: Yeah, I think in my experience that is true. Um, as I said, I have a teen volunteer program and I started it informally this past summer and I didn't expect it to be as robust as it's become. Uh, the teens range in age to 15 to 17 and they enthusiastically volunteer. Um, I think they like the library and they think they see it as a good thing in their lives. But it's interesting because this was actually one of the topics um, that came up at the All About Youth Santa Maria listening session that took place on January 20th. I was facilitating at a table of youth that ranged from 18 to 27. And one of the things that came up was was the need for a third place. The idea of a third place is a term coined by U.S. sociologist Ray Oldenburg in his 1989 book, The Great Good Place. And it basically talks about Home is one place, work or school is your second place, but then where's your third place? Where's the place where you can just go and hang out, you can just relax, and then you can go and come as you please? You don't have expectations being asked of you. So um, I think in a lot of ways, the public library is this perfect third place. It's free, it has free Wi Fi, it has comfy chairs. If you want to do a program, you can. Um, and I think it's one of the few places where it just doesn't really ask anything of you. You know, you, they kind of take you as you come. And I think that's something um, that Gen Z is looking for is especially after the pandemic, um, they were, you know, stuck at home and home was everything. Home was work, school, you know, and home. So I think now, you know, they're ready to find somewhere else that doesn't cost anything and where they can just be.
1: Thank you for introducing us to that concept of the third place and that the library can be that for so many young people. So Let's shift to the event coming up, which is focused on youth. You talked about All About Youth Santa Maria, and Mm -hmm. on March 9th, there will be an All About Youth Lompoc listening session. Can you talk some more about this event and how the idea for it came about?
4: Yeah, well, um, the All About Youth Lompoc program came out because of you. (laughs) Um, We had met at a women's event and You were thinking about doing a different type of program uh, to celebrate women's march um, and you had these ideas to do it in santa maria um, and you brought up the idea of bringing it also to lompoc um, and i thought that was fabulous lompoc doesn't have a lot of resources for youth outside of sports and having a forum dedicated to listening to youth voices i thought was brilliant and it's something i definitely wanted to bring to lompoc we're lucky because with the library as i said we have a dedicated space and we have dedicated funding and so it allows me to be able to collaborate with other folks who can bring something new to Lompoc. Um, so I think it's important. And one of the things that I noticed at the Santa Maria listening session was how, how much of the participants enjoyed being listened to and how they took it really seriously. I was facilitating, which means I was writing down everything they said anonymously. Um, And, you know, and when the there were questions or answers that came up that we could explore a little bit more, we did, it was just a really, really interesting experience. And I think the youth felt really validated by that experience. And it's something that I definitely want to bring to Lompoc's youth um, so they can have that same feeling of validation.
1: And thank you for the credit. But it wasn't just me. It's also (laughs) Women's March Santa Maria Valley uh, is involved in this as well. And so is the Santa Maria Public Library when the All About Youth Santa Maria listening session took place um, in, in the Santa Maria Valley on January 20th. This is Lata Murthy with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, Central Coast Public Radio, your listener-supported radio station. If you recently joined us for today's show and want to listen to the entire broadcast, you can. It's available on our website at www.kcbx.org under the On Demand tab. Click on Central Coast Voices and you will find this show and many others to choose from. My guest for this segment of today's show is Rachel Frasium, Youth Services Librarian and Bookmobile Manager at Lompoc Public Library. And Rachel and I are talking about Lompoc Public Library's Youth Services, as well as its upcoming All About Youth Lompoc Listening Session. So, Rachel, can you tell us a little bit more about what's planned for the All About Youth Lompoc Listening Session?
4: Sure. Um, so the listening session, um, we're going to have, um, it's on a Saturday, it'll be starting at 10am. And we're going to have the youth all there, we're going to have roundtable set up with a facilitator at each table, who will, again, be doing what I did in Santa Maria, which is writing down and keeping track. We'll have a set uh, list of questions. Um, and we'll go through the questions one by one. Um, And at the end of that period, uh, we're going to go ahead and serve lunch to all the participants to thank them for their time. We'll also be having prizes and giveaways. We'll do poster making and open mic. And we're also going to have local organizations with booths outside the library, along with some local food trucks who will be offering food available for purchase.
1: Wonderful. Tell us more about the food.
4: um so i really like uh to support a local uh we have a lot of amazing local food trucks um and we don't have somebody yet for the march 9th one but we do have gonna we are gonna be having kekas, uh which are basically empanadas fried empanadas um on the february 9th event which will be this friday and that is going to be a much smaller event um so for the larger event um, I'm not sure what we're going to do yet, but I'm sure it will be delicious.
1: I'm looking forward to it. So Kekas is a woman of color-owned business as well, correct?
4: It's a family-owned business, um, and they are uh, centered in Lompoc, even though they do go to Orca and they go to Santa Maria. Um, but yes, they are a family-owned business, a uh, family of color. Um, and I've eaten their food many times, and it's very, very good. So, I'm excited to have them um, bring their kickoffs to our event.
1: So, by the time this show airs, the February 9th All About Youth Input Session uh, will have concluded. But, can you tell us more about uh, the input session, in relation to the listening session, and then also how our listeners um, can find out more about the listening session if they'd like to join?
4: Sure. Um, So basically, it's a two-part event. Uh, The first event is a smaller event where we have uh, one big roundtable of youth, um, and we talk about the questions that we're going to ask at the second larger event. So the youth will go ahead and take a look at the questions, and they'll be like, is this something that we're concerned with in Lompoc? Is this something that we want to talk about? and they're going to kind of decide on whatever the 10 to 12 questions are that we're going to ask. Um, then on the March 9th event, which is going to be much, much larger, that event, we will have the questions that the youth had decided on previously. Um, and we're going to go ahead and go through all those questions and actually talk about the subjects and talk about the different um, ideas. And then we'll go ahead and then have fun.
1: Wonderful. So. Listeners, you're ta- you're listening to Central Coast Voices on KCBX, Central Coast Public Radio, and please do email us your questions and we can follow up with today's guests. This show is being pre-recorded, however, so you can't call in, um, but do send us an email uh, at voices at kcbx.org. And I want to turn it back over to Rachel Frazian, our Youth Services Librarian at Lompoc Public Library, and our guest today. She's also the Charlotte's Web Bookmobile Manager at Lompoc Public Library, and we're talking about the upcoming All About Youth Lompoc Listening Session on March 9th at Grossman Gallery in Lompoc Public Library. So Rachel, I'd asked our earlier guests from the Women of Color Network, what it means to be a woman of color. Um, In the case of youth services at the library and then this upcoming All About Youth event, what does it mean to be youth for these services and um, for this event?
4: So youth um, as we're defining it for the event is gonna be starting at 14 and going all the way to age 30. Um, We have a lot of college students um, in Lompoc Um, who go to the Alan Hancock Satellite Campus. And there's a lot of um, issues that concern them all the way up to age 30. Um, Things like homelessness, um, things like um, equity, uh, things like, you know, having good jobs. Um, And these are things that are going to be affecting the students as they leave high school. Um, and for the ones who either end up staying in Lompoc or maybe, you know, leaving Lompoc. Um, So this is something that we're making a kind of um, a large spread of ages, but we think that a lot of them have the same concerns, even if they're at different points in their life.
1: And is this the same age range that the library also serves in youth services?
4: No, it doesn't. Um, so... Youth services, as the library defines it, is 0 to 18, um, or I should say 17. Once they turn 18, they're considered an adult. Um, And so we serve families because a lot of the families, of course, have young children, you know, from 0 to whatever their age is. So for us, when we say youth services, it not only includes children and teens, but it also includes families as well.
1: And where can our listeners go to find out more about the All About Youth Lompok Listening Session event?
4: So um, we have um, a Facebook page um, at Lompok Public Library. You can find information there. You can also go to the cityoflompoc.com slash library website, um, and you'll find a calendar of events. The events are listed on there. And of course, on the Charlotte's Web Bookmobile page, We have uh, digital flyers up there and links to be able to sign up for the event um, on March 9th.
1: Wonderful. And so the event is being held on March 9th. March is Women's History Month. Women's March Santa Maria Valley is also involved. So how is gender equity going to be addressed at all or women's issues in the All About Youth Lompoc Listening Session event?
4: Well, I think um, one of the things that really does affect um, equity is the fact that women in general tend to be doing more of the child care. So if you have a younger parent, um, a lot of times um, the baby stays with the mom, and then that gives her a burden of being able to stay in school, also have child care, Um, also, you know, have the added expenses. Um, And this for me is a big part of gender equity. One of the things that I'd like uh, this event to do is to bring everybody to the table. Um, I think it's important to have both women and men um, at the table to talk about these things um, because it, it takes everybody to kind of work together. And one of the things I'm hoping is that this type of event will kind of show um, how you can communicate and then use that information in order to find a solution together. And it's something that I'm not expecting it to stop right there. I'm hoping that they'll kind of use it as an inspiration and use it to go forward. So that way the young mom who is, you know, having a tough time juggling everything, She can, you know, maybe reach out to a dad and feel empowered to speak up and say, hey, you know what? I need help with childcare."
1: That's a great example. How else do you see the answers or the stories shared by youth um, being used or what will be done with that information?
4: This is something that we um, asked at the Santa Maria sessions. We asked the youth um, at the tables, what is it that they wanted us to do? With this information. Um, And they had some really insightful answers. One of their answers was that um, they would like to take it to uh, the folks who are in power. So, like Santa Maria City Council, um, before they make any budget decisions, they would like to be able to present all that information to show what the youth would like to be funded in their city. Um, They also uh, talked about making the information widely available. Uh, you could do a free download of the information uh, and then use that uh, for organizations uh, that write grants and they can use that um, to for their grant making applications.
1: Do you see similar answers or you anticipate similar answers from youth in Lompoc?
4: Um, I think probably yes, um, I think it, You know, Lompoc is a little different from Santa Maria. We're much smaller. We're also more isolated geographically. And those have their own issues that come with it. Um, And so I think, you know, some of the concerns will be the same in terms of, um, you know, wanting more equity, wanting better pay, wanting more opportunities. Uh, But some of the issues that come up may be local to Lompoc.
1: Is there something in particular you're hoping to find out from the youth who participate in the listening session?
4: Um, I'm not sure if there's anything specific as much as, uh, I'm hoping that it'll duplicate the Santa Maria event in the fact that the youth were uh, so open, they shared their feelings, their candor. And I really hope that we can have that same kind of environment in Lompoc because I really want them to feel comfortable and to talk about what really matters to them. And then, of course, as a youth services librarian, I'm going to listen, um, I'm going to take notes, I'm going to assess, and then I'm going to look at what resources I have in terms of community partnerships, in terms of the space that we have that's dedicated to community, and try to leverage that to help serve some of those needs.
1: And. What, how do you think these answers that the youth are going to provide, the information, their stories, might make a change in the city of Lompoc or Lompoc at large?
4: Um, well, something that happened, again, um, that's come up a few times, and also because I've been discussing things with local teen organizations as well, is the fact that a lot of um, youth, their family are encouraging them to work. So they don't have time to volunteer. They don't have time to do extracurricular activities. Um, And the fact that we offer a volunteer, um, a volunteer position at the library, but it's not paid, is something I'd like to see change. Um, And I think that's something that we can do in Wampok with a lot of our youth organizations, which is maybe start offering some kind of wages for either paid internship or paid volunteer service something where it kind of helps lessen that burden for the family um, and allows the youth to have a little bit more freedom to explore different ideas and different experiences
1: very good and you talked about different organizations who will be present at the all about youth lompoc event um, the listening session having tables can you say what some of those organizations are
4: Um, We'll definitely have Women's March, uh, Santa Maria Valley. We're also going to have the Lompoc Teen Center. We'll have Future for Lompoc Youth. Um, We're also going to have Planned Parenthood there. Um, We'll have, um, let's see, we'll have the Family Service Agency there because they have certain programs that are specific to youth. Um, The list is growing. Um, I only have so much sidewalk, but I want to try to cover every inch so um, we'll be adding more um, as it gets closer to the date
1: and tell us again where our listeners can find out more about the event
4: sure you can go um, to the library's website and you can go to cityoflompoc.com library Um, and you'll find a calendar of events there Uh, and if you click on to the calendar of events and go to march you'll see it unlisted on march 9th you can also go to the charlotte's web bookmobile page where you'll find flyers and the flyers, when you click on those, will take you directly to a form to sign up for the events. And then we will be posting our information um, on Facebook. The handle is Lompoc Public Library.
1: And other than the listening sessions, what are you looking forward to most at the event?
4: I'm excited about a few things. Um, I work uh, with our teen volunteers, and they're going to be helping us not just um, with the logistics of the event, but also with the planning of the event um, and asking for their input, because I want them to feel invested um, because this is an event that's for them um, along with other, all the other youth of Lompoc. Um, so I'm hoping to create a really coherent, cohesive event where everybody feels like they're a part of something. And it's something that I wanna do every year I think it's something that Lompoc could really use and that if it has something where people really enjoy it and they feel like they've gotten something out of it you know things change concerns change you know different issues change so I think it's important to do this kind of event every year to kind of check in and to see how things are changing and you know are we improving in some areas are we losing ground in some areas I think it's important not to just have this be a one-time event, but to have this be a continuing event. And I'm hoping that as this event um, comes up, that it will be successful. So that way we'll have the momentum to do it again.
1: And before we close out, can you talk a little bit about the personal impact that working with youth has had on you?
4: Sure, Um, so let's see. One of the things for me, uh, one of the reasons why I came to Lompoc um, is because of how I grew up. Um, Lompoc has a 17% poverty rate, um, and the reason why I bring the bookmobile to homeless shelters with families um, is because I grew up um, with generational addiction and generational uh, homelessness. And so because of that, Um, I feel uh, a real pull to be able to help the children in Lompoc, a lot of whom are foster kids who are at the homeless shelters, um, who are in the different programs. And it's something that, um, for me, I get a lot out of it because as I grew up, because I moved around so much, we moved to at least three times a year. Uh, So by the time I was in ninth grade, I had changed school 16 times. So by the time, you know, anytime you move to a new place, everything is new. Um, But there was always a public library. And so I would take the bus and go to the library and I would read all day. And for me, because there wasn't a safe place at home and there wasn't a safe place at work or at school, the library was my safe place. And the public library, no matter what town I was in, was always there. And that's something I really try to do with the bookmobile is to provide that sense of constancy for a lot of the kids who I see who are at all of these different points in life, um, and try to be something that the bookmobile is always there. No matter where they are, they can count on the bookmobile and finding a good book to read.
1: I want to thank today's guests, Rachel Frazee, and Youth Services Librarian and Bookmobile Manager at Lompoc Public Library, Rita Casaverde, who's the co-lead organizer of San Luis Obispo County's Women of Color Network, and Joy Peterson another co-lead organizer of San Luis Obispo County's Women of Color Network. We have been talking about San Luis Obispo County's Women of Color Network and its upcoming Women of Color Symposium on Friday, March 1st at the Monday Club. We've also been talking about Lompo Public Libraries All About Youth, Lompoc Listening Session on Saturday, March 9th at Grossman Gallery. Join us again next week for more on the issues, organizations, communities, and events making positive change on California's Central Coast. Thursday, February 29th, between 1 and 2 p.m. Central Coast Voices has been sponsored by Action for Healthy Communities and the San Luis Obispo Community Foundation in collaboration with KCBX. I'm Lada Murti. Thank you for joining us today.